and boom goes the dynamite. Holy cow, we are back. It's the SoCo Sports Show, and the playoffs are underway. Uh, we had a, a very poorly timed week off last week due to some technical <laughs> issues. But uh, we are back. We're going to recap the wild card weekend and get into the divisional matchups. Uh, this is the voice of the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined by, I'm assuming, a, a, very, uh, a very chipper so-host, Seth Ott. You like that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, we are going to, like I said, we're going to recap wildcard, get into division matchup. Seth is going to provide you with uh, daily fantasy picks to win you some fat bucks uh, over this, this weekend. And, of, of course, we'll give you one more thing. So uh, that, that's the agenda for today. Uh, shouldn't be a big surprise if you are a, an avid listener of the show. But uh, we're glad to be back in the saddle after a week away. And... Uh, it was it, we're 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 chomping at the bit to get into these these games uh, specifically one that I know Seth wants to talk about, but uh, before we get into any of that, let's get into a chic tweet. I call you a punk. Got two chic chic tweets actually. Um, both are are more time sensitive here, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do both. The first one I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, it's Iron Chic talking about. Uh, my team, of course, it says my first home in the America, the Minnesota. They show up Iron Sheet class today, Bubba at Vikings ha- hashtag NFC wildcard. So the Vikings were Iron Sheet class this past this past Sunday. Wow, um, and, that's impressive. And then uh, this past Saturday, um, uh, Iron Sheet. Uh, he he had to be supportive of. I think he's talked about before his favorite player of all time. So he did say, win or lose, the Tom Brady still have the sex tonight. Yes, <laughs> that's he's that's a re, that's a repeat. He, he's he, tweeted that before, right? He definitely has. Uh, I I still love that he calls him the Tom Brady. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I hope I hope he enjoyed his his goat sex. The Sheik certainly active. He's watching the playoff games and uh, dropping some sick tweets while he's doing it. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box and get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Mathis Designs. Find Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pee! And, of course, Mike's Wood. You can find that wood on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfedandwed if you want to get your wood worked. <sighs> There you go. That sounded more like you were doing a number two than anything else. <laughs> Holy cow. Maybe a little bit of... Yeah, be careful. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves for a quick ad about Anchor. Great stuff, as always. Uh, now we got, all the, we got all that stuff out of the way. Let's get into some recaps. Uh, very excited to talk about the week that was. That just happened. That just happened. Did we win? Really great games this weekend. I, I, every mm-hmm. game was, a, I believe, a one-possession game this weekend. So uh, pretty much got what we wanted out of playoff football. Let's start with what was the Saturday morning game, or early Saturday game. Uh, Houston Texans played host to the Buffalo Bills. And I think for a lot of people, Seth, this was a surprising result. Uh, the Texans win this game by a score of 22-19 to 19 in overtime. So this was a classic matchup, and a lot of people were picking Buffalo to come in and get this win because, especially in the second half of the season, they've they've really showed a lot of capability. 
Uh, Josh Allen did what he could in this. He had 264 yards passing, uh, and he also had 92 yards rushing, and he caught a touchdown pass. So Josh Allen was all over the stat sheet. Uh, John Brown was the guy that threw him that pass. Uh, and then the the rest of the offense primarily worked through Devin Singletary, who, you know, now that the season is over, I think is one of the rookies this year that you can really be excited about if you're a Bills fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff to look forward to. On the Texans side of things, um, Deshaun Watson came in and was very efficient. He took care of the ball, and that's what you have to do against this Bills defense. He was 20 of 25, 247 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then was also the leading rusher with another 55 yards and a touchdown. Uh, New Hopkins led the way receiving with 90 yards. This was a 60-minute contest. Bills got up, uh, I believe it was 16-0 at one point in the third quarter, and uh, Watson kind of you know hitched up his britches and, and drug, the, uh, drug the Texans back into it with a touchdown drive in the third, another one in the fourth, and uh, gets them to overtime. Actually, Houston took the lead. 1916 uh, before Josh Allen had his heroics uh, in the end of the game to get them in in range for a tying field goal. And then Houston took care of business in overtime. So this was a a really good matchup. I I think that, uh, again, maybe a little bit of a surprise. A lot of people were picking the Bucs, but Houston came out and and played uh, a very complete second half, even though they came out looking pretty pretty slow uh, in the first half. So, uh, this was this was a fun game to watch all the way through, but honestly, nothing I saw here instilled me with a lot mm-hmm. of confidence in Houston uh, going forward to the divisional round. So while I get the win, I think it comes with the asterisk that they did look pretty exposed here. Yeah, and this this is the exact thing that happened last year when they played the Colts. They were down by two scores at, at halftime and came back and won it. Um, so Houston is, is not making it, I mean, it's a good trend cause they won, but also not a good trend cause they're not able to, to really be, you know, be in games the whole time. Um, if there's one thing to be said with, with Houston though, the, if you look at their record this season, um, their, their streak basically is win, win, loss, win, win, loss. And that's the entire way through the season. The, their final game of the season was a loss. So if it follows that same pattern, they would win this weekend. <laughs> so we'll see if we'll see if that continues. I agree with you though. Uh, you know, I, I Houston has been very streaky this year as, as that, that record shows. And they've, they've, some of those losses are against some, some bad teams. Some of those wins are, uh, you know, against some, some good teams too. So they're just all over the place. So um, I, you know, I, being on the road, uh, at the chiefs, I you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll be a tough game. Um, but JJ Watts back and he played really, really well, uh, as mm-hmm. Booger liked to point out every time he, uh, had the pen in his hand, he <laughs> just circled JJ Watt. It was pretty much a given that JJ Watt was going to get circled anytime the ball was snapped. Um, but, uh, no, I, we'll see what happens this week, but a, a good game. Like you said, a very good game. Josh Allen is, uh, he, he's I think he's making he, he's proving doubters wrong uh, with, mm-hmm. with how he how he's played the at, you know the last half of this season uh, and that playoff game he you know that this this game he didn't he didn't really show like he came out really strong and he didn't really show a lot of jitters so it was good to see I think the bills are gonna be hopeful moving into next season especially if you know the rumors about Tom Brady and the Patriots are true that could be the bills division next year not the Patriots. Yep. I, there's a lot to look forward to for Bills fans, and it pains me to say this because I've I've been a harsh critic of Josh Allen for a while, but he in this game was special, and I think that for Bills fan Bills fans already know this, but 
the future is bright for Josh Allen. I really do think that. Not only he can make the throws, I think he's got some decision making to improve upon. Uh, but that that anyone under the age of twenty four has that same thing. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's he's got some some stuff between the ears to figure out. But when when he does something like make a forty yard run and like mm-hmm. not slide and run through a tackle and then catch and run through a tackle to score a touchdown that's worth so much more than the yardage and the points like guys guys will get behind him and fucking you know we talk about russell wilson being a guy that i'd, I'd murder someone for if i had to <laughs> um and uh, bill uh, allen is that to the bills not the not just the team but the city he is a popular guy and yeah. he is going to be the nexus of this team going forward and he's got guys around him like devin singletary who is a really special talent i think uh john brown really came on strong and that defense is still a very, very good one. So I agree with you that the future is definitely bright for Buffalo. Uh, as much as I hate to say it, uh, <laughs> they, they've got some they've got some excitement to look forward to. I, I, I uh, predict that we're going to be talking about the Bills as the favorite to win the NFC East, or the AFC East next year. I, I, I agree, and I would really love for them to get because their their receiving core is pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, with Cole Beasley and John Brown, I would love for them to get like a DK Metcalf type of guy in there, like big, strong jump ball guy. That's, that's the type of receiver Josh Allen needs. Um, John Brown is good at creating space and getting open. They need a guy though with Josh Allen. If he just can, you know, throw it up to a guy, cause he's got all the arm strength in the world. If he can just throw it up to a guy and have someone go up and get it, mm-hmm. um, that's perfect. And they would, they would be very hard to stop if they had a guy like that. So be really cool to see that for them. They they would be an absolute favorite if they had just one more weapon on their team like that. Yep, I think so. And even in the losses this year, uh, the Bills were close. You know, the two mm-hmm. losses to the Patriots were a touchdown, and this one came down to a field goal. And I think in the end of this game, you know, the last two minutes, uh, I think that – uh, some of the decision making from Josh Allen was where that the last the last five or so minutes of the game is where you saw that he took a couple sacks he shouldn't have, uh, and and got driven out of field goal range uh, when when he, they could have had a, a go ahead field goal uh, in regulation and so a couple of those things he's going to improve on that just happens as you go into your it'll be his third year I believe mm-hmm. and uh, that stuff is going to get better his arm continues to improve like week to week you can see arm improvement. Yep. And he's got all the other special characteristics, um, you know, physically. He's big bodied. He's fast. Um, he's he's going to be a stud, I think. Um, and I might be the last person to that party, but it's, it's, it's good to be here. <laughs> uh, but the, the, the draft this year is going to be a really good wide receiver year. Uh, Alabama has three uh, projected first round wide receivers coming out. So uh, potentially coming out. I know one of them already, Jerry Judy already uh, said he's coming out so, of the, uh, to uh, into the draft this year. So uh, we'll see. I, I think that they have an opportunity to, to really improve their team and just a few areas and they'll be great. So totally. Uh, let's look at the team that's going to be playing next week. The Houston Texans, you mentioned it. Uh, JJ Watt was a huge get for them this week. Uh, not uh, his stat line was, was skinny. He just had the one sack. But I think emotionally what he means for this team being on the field and being involved in plays even when he's not getting the tackle or the sack and getting attention from the offense, he made a big impact in this game. It was really cool to see him out there uh, in front of the home crowd. Deshaun Watson is an interesting case for me. He's it seems like he makes a decision during each drive whether or not he wants to be impressive. It's <laughs> like he'll go out there the entire first half he was wholly unimpressive and then in the second half he was lights out. So I 
it you don't really ever know what you're going to get out of this Houston team, which is why yep. I hesitate to get excited about them. But they're a team, and we talked about this in the regular season, that does everything pretty well. But mm-hmm. they don't do anything really great, and we'll see whether or not that's a that's a, a hurdle for them, you know, uh, going into KC. And we're going to preview that game in just a little bit. But they they get out of they get out of buff, the Buffalo game with a win. They get out healthy, and uh, they survive going into the divisional round. So it's a big hurdle for Houston because they've been in the playoffs plenty of times. But to get out of the first round is a big a big win for that fan base. Yeah, and speaking of healthy, they they were missing Will Fuller in this game. Hopefully he's back for their sake. Hopefully he's back this week because they need – Kenny Stills is a good player, but Will Fuller is game-breaking speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he's a huge weapon. He takes the top off the defense. So uh, they need him back really badly this week if they if they really want to have a shot to win. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, ho- hopefully for them, again, they have Will Fuller back. Yeah, that's going to be a big ad. They talk that that was talked about a lot in that game, and you know when you can shrink the field as a defense and and put more guys in the box, put more pressure on Watson, double team Hopkins. Uh, we saw it be really effective for the Bills for a good chunk of that game. Um, so the the blueprint is there for for KC uh, looking into next week. Let's go to the evening game on Saturday. We'll stay in the AFC, and another result that I. Honestly, I don't think this surprised as many people as it would have in previous years because you mm-hmm. have the Patriot Patriots at Foxborough lose this game by a touchdown, thirteen to twenty, to the Tennessee Titans. And Seth's team. Seth's team is still alive. Uh, I can't believe I had half the league as my team, and the one team you picked, or the two <laughs> team, the two teams you have are both going on. It's kind of bullshit. Um. Anyway. This was this was exactly the kind of game that if you're Tennessee, this is what you were hoping for. It, it, they kept it low scoring. Uh, they kept Brady in check. And in games, even though that, that New England defense has been really great all season, you don't need to get past them more than a couple times as long as you play good defense. And Brady, his stats were not great. He had 200 yards and an interception but no touchdowns. Uh, they had under 100 total yards of rushing, um, actually pr- right at 100 total yards of rushing. Uh, Sony Michelle led the way with 61. And then actually their leading receiver was James White, and he had five catches the running back did for 62 yards. So they the the Tennessee t- Tennessee has had a really good defense all season, and no one's been talking about them because there have been other sexier defenses like the Patriots and Bills and the Niners. But Tennessee's right up there in terms of defense, and they, they put the clamp down – on the Patriots, um, but weirdly enough, listen to the stats for <laughs> listening to the stats for Tennessee will make you scratch your head about how they won this game. Brian Tannehill was eight for fifteen passing with seventy-two yards, just seventy-two, mm-hmm. uh, a, a touchdown and an interception, and then Marcus Mariota also completed one pass attempt for four yards. So they had seventy-six yards passing, and they won this game because of this guy named Derrick Henry. You might have heard of the. <laughs> the rushing champion uh, yardage-wise for the NFL this season, 34 carries for 182 yards <laughs> and a touchdown. This was the Derrick Henry show. And we've seen Tennessee win this way before, and they like to do it. And honestly, it's fun to watch because I like watching Derrick Henry run the ball. Uh, they only completed nine passes in this game. So the top receiver was Anthony Ferkser, uh, who had two catches for 23 yards, and he had the the offensive touchdown. Uh, you might be wondering, how the fuck did they get 20 points up with that little offense? They did have a pick six, uh, which sealed it at the end, uh, kind of with just a few seconds left in regulation. Uh, 
uh, interception for a touchdown uh, that sort of put it away. But this was a game that was close the whole way, but was really a defensive struggle. And what Tennessee showed in this game is that they are the kind of team that will win in January because what do they do? They play really good defense and they run the ball well. We didn't know that they could win without throwing it, Seth, but (laughs) they're running it well enough to beat a team like New England uh, at their own house. This was a really, if, if, if Tennessee was still waiting on a statement win, this had to have been it. I mean, you can't get much more statement than this. Yeah, and, and the, the crazy thing, too, is uh, after Ryan Tannehill started, he was the number two quarterback in the NFL in terms of stats. So, you know, he, it's not that he can't do it, you know, against good defenses, because he played good defenses throughout the season as well. Uh, it's just this the game, the way that this game worked out is Derrick Henry, every time he touched the ball, was just ripping off five yards. So, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, even more than that in a lot of cases, that, that guy... If you're talking about a running back, you don't want to be having to tackle that. That's him. That that's the mm-hmm. definition. Like the the way that he just runs the football, it's it's scary. It is absolutely terrifying. Um, so if, if I especially if I'm like a cornerback, I'm moving. I'm not gonna try and tackle him. I'm gonna move no or to like go for his ankles. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, but he he's the key. Like you said, the the leading rusher in the NFL. Um, he's. Uh, he he's he is the key for this for the this Titans team. Um. He for them to move on further, he's gonna have. They're gonna have to give the ball to him thirty times, mm-hmm. uh, because they're able to control the clock and control time of possession and and uh, control the game in that case. Especially, you know, depending on the weather and things like that. Uh, you know, they're the sixth seed. They're gonna be on the road the rest of the way, so they really need to to run the football well. Um, the you know the Patriots. I think the 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 detriment that really happened here was was their offense. Their offense has not played well since probably their bye week. Uh, Tom Brady has put up some numbers here and there, and he's actually had a decent statistical season. Um, but for whatever reason, it just hasn't. I think he had. I think he was. He has like top five, top five or seven in like yards and completions, but it wasn't translating to touchdowns. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that's you know that's probably partially responsible to like not having Gronk there anymore. You know, there there was not a big red zone presence on that team, so. Um, you know, it's tough and they didn't run the ball as well this year. I know they had almost a hundred yards total, but you know, last season, uh, Sony Michelle was having a hundred yards a game himself, uh, just mm-hmm. be in that stretch where they, where they went to the Super Bowl. So, uh, th- this team just had a lot of issues going into this game. Uh, and, and Tennessee had the momentum. They, they played really well. And again, Derrick Henry is an absolute monster. So it'll be fun to see, you know, how, how, how far they can go. Uh, and especially if, if they have to, you know, put the team on the back of Derrick Henry, I, I, I don't think he's going to struggle to carry that team too much. Dude, I, here's, here's Derrick Henry is, he might be my favorite player in football. Um, there's a guy in Seattle that we'll, we'll talk about in a second that might challenge for it, but, uh, Derrick Henry is going into f- like free agency this year. Mm-hmm. Like he's in, he's in a contract year and for a guy who's looking down the barrel of a huge paycheck to say, okay. I'll carry it 35 times and and then plow over everyone on a, <laughs> a defense that has fucking 10 all pros on it and go for that. I mean, the guy, if you've never watched, like, this is the closest thing in my, this this is the closest thing we've seen and maybe even surpasses, like, prime beast mode Marshawn Lynch. Like, mm-hmm. this guy is embarrassing people on every carry. Like, it's... It, to him, the idea of getting tackled is to him offensive, and he will not have it. Like, I, it, it is. He, I'm excited to watch him against another really great defense uh, this this following weekend. But 
in case you didn't know the name Derrick Henry, uh, wake up because that guy, uh, he put on an MVP performance, um, in this one. Uh, I can't even, most running backs would say no if you said they were going to carry it 30 times. Um, okay, Seth, uh, here's the big question of the week. Patriots, talk of the dynasty being over. Are, are you going to put a fork in it and say that it's done and we can move on to new things in the NFL? I think that the, I think, I think yes, because I don't believe Tom Brady will be back next year. The, just the way he's been talking, uh, not, not only just, you know, the, this last game and after the game, but sent, I mean, they've been talking about internally with people close to Tom Brady and things like that. Things that I've never heard before out of that camp. And, 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 and the fact that it's just like, and it's consistent too, of just like, I basically that he doesn't want to be there is kind of like the whole thing. It's not that I want to not play. Cause the thing in the past has always been like, Oh, does he come back next season? Uh, it's never been a question. Does he come back? Does, is he coming back to the Patriots? It's, it's been like the retirement thing. Now it's more like he doesn't want to play for the Patriots anymore. And there hasn't been any certain, normally he'll even address those things like, Oh no, you know, whatever. I'll make a decision later or whatever. But he's not like, there's been no talk. He hasn't denied any of it. Um, I don't think he's with the Patriots next year. And if that's the case, um, they don't, Brian Hoyer was their backup. I think this year they like in years past, they've had guys like, Garoppolo and and Brissett and if they still had either one of those guys they'd be in good shape still I think but mm-hmm. there's really not a backup for them so they they need a quarterback it is is as clear as it was with their offense this year they need a quarterback so yeah um well I I don't know I think I think like we just said I think it's going to be the Bills uh, if Tom Brady doesn't return mm-hmm. I mean and this is a team that has a lot of great on it even without Brady. I think the the problem, and there's all there's all this talk about Brady like being washed up this year. But you're right, his stats were great. Like he had he had a decent not Tom Brady year, but like mo- there are there are 18 teams in the NFL that would love to have had Brady's numbers at quarterback. And you know, while I think this offense with with a guy who is more of a pure playmaker, like a Josh Allen or a Mahomes or some of these other young guys might have been able to get more out of this offense. Brady has never been the kind to, like, take over a game by himself, you know? Like, he deals for sure. But, like, it's always a great play by Edelman or a great play by Gronk or a big run that that really sparks those teams. And he's he's not the guy to drag the team along by himself. And not anymore, at least. And I think that's why it's time for them to move on. They need a guy... And they they either need to keep him there and get a shitload of playmakers for that offense because they have none, or they need to get a quarterback who's going to make up for a lack of talent elsewhere. And there is a version of Tom Brady that that could do that, but I don't think this is that one. Um, I think he needs to, and I think he will find himself in a place where they've got a, a better offensive line and better weapons, and he's still got good football left in him. But I think it's time for the Patriots to try something new. Um, and I do think they'll take a step back. I really do. Not, not just because of on the field, you know, arm talent, but what he means to that offense and to that team in general. Uh, I, I, I think you see a step back for this team. I think it's the bills time. I, you know, I think, uh, and there's probably a couple listeners out there who are cheering to hear me say that, but I, I think the AFC East belongs to the bills if they want it next year. Uh, so mm-hmm. I agree with you on this one. I'm, I'm, we're going to keep tabs on this for sure, but I cannot wait to see, just the whole coverage of Brady's free agency. I, I've been I'm as excited for that as I've ever been for free agency, like since the LeBron decision. Um, I, I think it's going to be pretty fun just to watch people freak out over. 
But anyway, we got playoffs to play before we start talking about free agency. And the first game of Sunday, now we switch to the NFC side of things, featured, let's see, who was, oh, this is the, hmm, which game was this? The The Rams. (laughs) It was not the Rams, I'm afraid to say. Uh, Actually, it was your Minnesota Vikings who went on the road to New Orleans and beat the Saints by six in the Superdome in overtime. Uh, the, let me give you the stats, and then we'll, we'll kind of break the game down. But uh, Kirk Cousins had 242 yards and a touchdown. Dalvin Cook had 94 yards and two touchdowns. And Adam Thielen had 129 yards. If I'm Minnesota, and uh, you know, if, if, if you didn't watch the game, and I just said, Kirk Cousins will have 250 yards, Dalvin Cook will have 100 yards, Adam Thielen will have 130 yards, you, you could probably pretty comfortably say the Vikings won that game. You know, they got the production out of their offense that they've been looking for uh, in their losses this year. On the Saints side of things, I mean, they they this was a great game all the way through. Drew Brees was excellent. Uh, he had 200 yards, a touchdown. He did have one pick. Uh, and then Taysom Hill was all over this fucking stat sheet. He completed a 50-yard pass. He ran for 50 yards. He was their leading rusher. And then he also had a touchdown reception. Um, so that Hill guy is a total Swiss Army knife. Michael Thomas was the leading receiver with 70 yards. Um this was a perfect storm for the Vikes. They got a very good defensive performance out of their guys. Uh, the entire offense was involved. Thielen finally looks like really healthy. And mm-hmm. I don't think he's quite looked like 100%, but he did in this game, even after losing a fumble early, uh, came back and had a really great game. This was everything the Vikings, like, we've been talking all year in their losses, <clears throat> specifically, specifically like a couple weeks ago against the Packers, like they'll, they, they've come out and they've had these ugly losses, but then you see flashes of what they're capable of. And they really put everything together, and they needed to. They needed every inch of it. But they put everything together here and beat a very great Saints team at home in one of the toughest stadiums. you got to be feeling pretty good about your bikes right now. Uh, it was definitely a great game. Uh, it was not, I texted you. It was like every game that these, these two teams play in the playoffs are, are really great games, but I hate watching them because they are always so close and always come down to the end. Um, two out of the three have come down to the over. Have come down to overtime, and then the the other one came down to the last uh, to zero seconds on the clock with a crazy ass touchdown. So were you having uh, were you having uh, were you having Vietnam flashbacks when the <laughs> cousins trotted out there to start overtime from the Brett Favre play? <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it, it was it. I was I was shocked by this game. Honestly, I really thought. I mean, I I put a lot of uh, a, a lot of money down in DFS on some Saints players because I really thought they'd come out there and just uh, you know th- kind of throw all over them and, and there'd be a lot of points scored on their end. But uh, very happy to see the Viking. That was the biggest thing for me is the Vikings defense, the way they played. Uh, Drew Brees had barely been hit this year, and uh, he he was getting hit all game. And it was good to see Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin get after him quite a bit. Um, Daniel Hunter really t- changed the tide of the game at the end with that that uh, fumble. That was really like the Saints mm-hmm. were getting ready to come down and score, and that 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 really got the momentum back on the Vikings side. They still got it to overtime, of course, but uh, that could have I mean that could have been the end for the Vikings there if if the 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 Saints had went down and scored there. So good to see that. Uh, and then the other stat that, and I guess technically it still stands, but um. The the Saints had not allowed an have not allowed a hundred yard rusher in like forty three games or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they they hadn't allowed 100 yards rushing or they I guess they had earlier in the season but like between Madison and Cook they had like over 150 yards total uh, rushing so that was good to see um and that that was great because both those guys had been hurt and banged up and they looked fresh they looked ready to go and and the Saints are like a top 4 run defense so that was huge to have to, and going back to like that game against the Packers uh they couldn't get anything going with the run game so to see that that they they kind of just kind of reevaluated everything with the run game and, and uh, you know, kind of rotated those guys through and uh, they looked really good there. The, like you mentioned, Thielen looked great. Uh, he finally looks like himself again. And um, he, he's the type of guy that he just makes these crazy catches that a lot of times are on the ground. He like goes to the ground, but he, he, he just makes crazy catches and he's so reliable. Uh, I think after like the first quarter, he didn't drop anything. So, uh, and then obviously that, that play in overtime, uh, Cousins just trusted him and, and he he went down and got it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, but, but all credit to the Saints too, though. I, I mean, they they did play really well. They fought to the end. They they didn't have an answer for Taysom Hill at all. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. if they they kept it in Drew Brees' hands at the end, just because it's Drew Brees. But I, you know, if they if they would have put the ball back in Taysom Hill's hand, I don't know if this might have been a different story. This might have been a different game because he was all over the place and they had no answer for him. Um, the big thing was keeping, like you said, the run game. Kamara and Murray didn't have much in terms of to, in terms of rushing, and then Thomas didn't have 100 yards receiving either. So the the best receiver in the NFL, and it's not even close, only had 70 yards uh, receiving. So mm-hmm. all around the defense played well. The the Vikings offense played well. It's great to see. Uh, now we'll see if they can continue because the last time they won a close game against New Orleans, they shit the bed the next game. So hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they can come out against uh, San Francisco and play a lot better. I know, I know they're not going to get much sympathy from you, Seth, but can you imagine being a fan of the Saints? Like, <laughs> oh, God, it made me want to puke. And I, I was rooting for the Vikes, but at the end of that game, I, they're showing the fans in the stadium and Drew Brees and, like, oh, to make it to be so great each of the last three seasons and to have your seasons end three consecutive years on the last play of the game is just brutal. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I can't even I, – I'm glad I don't have to imagine what that's like. I, um, I, I feel like uh, – like Minnesota is now like they're like it's probably like division teams and then Minnesota is like the number one least favorite team of the Saints fans because it's oh, been yeah. a couple of couple of bad losses and I totally get it. I mean, I hated the Saints for a long time after the that 09 that thing happened in 09, but um <laughs> I, I I can I I think we're even and a little bit more so now. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think what we've seen the last few years between the Vikings and Saints guarantees that we're going to see them like on Sunday night and Monday night and Thursday night like a million times in the next five they, years. They do play next season, uh, I, and I think it's in New Orleans next season as well. So yeah, uh, they're, they're, be they're a, one of the they're one of the opponents. Yep, that'll be a <clears throat> excuse me, that'll be a primetime matchup for sure. Um, so for the Saints, just just know that I I will donate money to your pity party, but for the Vikings, Seth. <clears throat> Now you're always you're always down around the Vikes because that's how you're a fan and I understand that. And I've been down on the Vikes a lot during various times of the season. But let's not forget that this is a team that we'll talk about Kirk we'll come back to Kirk Cousins. But this is a team that has uh one of the top 3 running backs in football, Dalvin Cook. Two of the they probably have the best if you pulled the league, the best wide receiver tandem between Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. 
And so, okay, I got to defend the run with Dalvin Cook and Madison, who's coming along. I've got those two threats on the outside. Oh, and by the way, we can lob it up for Rudolph to win the game at the end. <laughs> like, there is weapons all over this offense. This is a defense that has underperformed at times, but when they play to their max capacity, this is what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, we're going to talk about the preview about them going to the Niners, but this is a team that I think has not because of some very ugly losses, which they deserve to get crap for, has not gotten as much respect as they deserve. But after a win like this, they've they, it seems like they've put the league on notice that they're not coming into this Niners game ready to lay over. They're a team that's ready to make a run and potentially come out of the NFC. I, I really do think that. I hope so. I mean, I, I really do. Um, I It's just tough because I've seen this before. Um, coming off an emotional win, it's happened a, a few times uh, over the, since they've been in the play, the times they've been in the playoffs. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what we get because the Vikings are a team that this year that, you know, they, they come off a great game and have looked bad the next week. I think the key, uh, and we'll talk about the preview, but I think the key is the play of the offensive line. Because uh, even if you look in this game, as soon as Cousins started getting pressured and hit, the, the Saints were able to get back into the game because the Vikings had it pretty handily for a while. And mm-hmm. then as soon as Cousins started getting hit and they started getting pressure on him, Cam Jordan started playing well. Uh, the the Saints were able to get back into it. So and and to Cousins' credit, there were a couple plays where he got hit and he completed the ball with some crazy plays. So um, you know maybe he's starting to get over some of that those jitters and things. But um, the Saints were able to get back into it once they got hit. And we know what the 49ers can do when it comes to pressure on the quarterback. So it'll be a very interesting game on Sunday. Yeah, I can't wait to watch, I can't wait to see what Kirk Cousins does because you know you talk about an up and down year for Kirk Cousins. In week four, we were asking earnestly on this podcast whether or not they should move on from Kirk Cousins, and we we're talking about how much of a bust his contract was and all that stuff. He ended up having a really great stretch in the middle of the season that seemed to kind of quiet those, and then a couple dud performances down the stretch, but. Uh, he showed up in this game, and the numbers aren't staggering. Like, you don't look at the stat line and go, oh, what a great game. But if you watched this game, some of the throws he made, the play the play near the end to Adam Thielen is one of the best, probably the throw. I think um, uh, uh, Troy Aikman might have said this. The throw of Kirk Cousins' career was that mm-hmm. one to Adam Thielen. And it was really great to see a guy like that get his first playoff win after all this time and at least for a week quiet the doubters, and he has a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he showed what, exactly what you're talking about. If they keep him upright and comfortable in the pocket, which is a big if, he's a guy that can make all the throws. He can make it in clutch in clutch time, and uh, he. I think that the this Vikings team is rallying around him because there was a lot of excitement directed specifically at him uh, for getting that first win. I think this is the type of thing that could potentially galvanize this Vikings team and get behind him. Uh, you know, you t- we always talk about the the run that Joe Flacco went on. Uh, once upon a time in the Ravens. We'll see whether or not he has that in him, but as much as anybody, this guy gets emotionally involved in the game. He does his you like that after the game and all that. <laughs> that was it's, awesome. It's, at the very least, it's great to see him get so excited and happy about what he's accomplished here this week. But uh, Cousins, when he plays well, is you know he, he's the quarterback that can take this team all the way. It's, it's, whether, it's what Cousins you'll get out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is heavily contingent on the offensive line, that's going to answer a lot of those questions. But, you know, what what's your level, Seth? I know, it's like we said, it's been an up-and-down year with Kirk Cousins, but what amount of confidence do you place in him, at, at, you know, as his fit into this team? Do you think he's actually the guy that can help them get to their max potential, or do you think that, you know, he, he's had his, his moment and, and, you know, we'll see what happens here? 
I really don't know. I, I think this this it's it's one of those things. It's really a, and and he even talked about it in the in the post game. It's it's really a team th- like I this it, it's really it's it's the team like it, he he's really a, a an important piece like an important cog in the wheel. But like if if the offensive line isn't doing their job or if they can't get the run game going, then he's not going to get to his maximum potential uh, as, as a quarterback. Whereas if you look at a guy like Mahomes, that's a guy who can win you a game on his own, right? So yeah. I don't think that's Cousins. Uh, I mean, Cousins has had a few games this season where he's been, you know, the lead and he's he's, he's taken over the game. But, um, you know, if, if there's also been games where if the offensive line is playing poorly like Green Bay, he can't do much. You know, he's not going to go out there and make plays on his own in, in those types of situations. So, it all, it honestly, it's it's kind of a typical answer to say, but it really is the team around him. If, if the team is playing great, there might not be a better quarterback to have behind, you know, to to be under 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 center uh, with all the talent around him. But if if there's one piece of that team that's not playing well, then uh, it, it's going to be tough. So I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see on on Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that game. We'll preview it in just a sec. Uh, one more game to recap. The final game of the weekend was the Philadelphia Eagles, who were at home by virtue of winning the NFC East, uh, and they lost this game to the wildcard Seattle Seahawks. Final score was 17-9, and frankly, this this game, while close the entire way, uh, never really seemed like a great game to me. I, I don't know. it. You had uh, Carson Wentz left this game in the first quarter with a concussion, and Josh McCown came in and gave a very game effort. He was 18 mm-hmm. of 24, 75% completions, uh, 174 yards, and they were in a position to, to tie this game near the end. So, um, you know, McCown did his part coming in as the backup. Miles Sanders was the lead rusher with 69 yards, and uh, Dallas Goddard, who's one of the tight ends, led the way, seven catches, 73 yards receiving. Um, but... I look at this Eagles team and I I could have told like zero, zero. You told me Josh McCown is starting. I could have told you they'll lose this game. And and that's not that Josh McCown is bad, but we talk about the Patriots and Brady, maybe not being a guy that's going to drag an entire team to a win. Carson Wentz is one of those guys. He showed that over the last couple months and you need that kind of guy on this team because I could read you every name of every player that touched the ball in this game for the Eagles offense. And there's maybe one of them or two of them that starts on a team next season. Like they are entirely beat up. There's no starters in the game and McCown just didn't have, he just doesn't have the horsepower to get him to a win. So it wasn't a surprise. A lot of people were picking the Seahawks anyway, but they came in and took care of business. Russell Wilson had 325 yards and a touchdown. Um, They really didn't get anything out of the run game here, which is something we'll come back to when we preview the next round. But this is a rare case because uh, for the rest of the season, for the most part, only when they run the ball well do they win, even when Wilson is special. Um, but he was pretty much the entirety of the offense. DK Metcalf was the story here. Seven catches, 160 yards, and a touchdown. That guy is a fucking freak monster. Oh, and my God. No, you can't, no one, you, can't, you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Uh, and he's a rookie. <laughs> like That's horrifying. Yeah. Um, the, I think you know the story here, Seth. This this was a close game, but not a particularly great one. Seahawks came in on the road in a tough environment in Philly and took care of business against a depleted team in Philadelphia that nobody really thought should have been here in the first place. Um, yeah, I mean the, they won, which wasn't a surprise. But what was a surprise to me is is that it was as close as it was. I mean mm-hmm. Philadelphia was still in this game the entire way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a touchdown and two point conversion, they would have you know tied it up and and still been in it. And this is with Josh McCown, um, 
against a, a Seattle defense that's kind of had an up and down year. But also, you take into account the Eagles defense has been bad all year, and yeah. especially in the in the secondary. And Russell Wilson, I mean, Metcalf had a huge game. But Russell Wilson wasn't able to to really just put this game away. The Eagles were staying around the whole time, and if you kind of look at the the last month or so of the, the of Seattle season, they haven't been they they weren't that team that we were seeing earlier on in the season where they were they were putting up a ton of points and dominating. Like all these games were were really close for them, or in some cases losses. So Seattle's kind of taken a step down a little bit, I think. Uh, and especially having to be on the road now, uh, not having that home field advantage that is so important to them, uh, I, I, you know, I think they're 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 kind of an iffy team right now. Uh, we'll see how they do against Green Bay, but um, in, I think I thought it was pretty impressive for someone who's been a very uh, a, a big pessimist on the Eagles. I think it was impressive for what we saw with that team, and especially how they finished this year. They played a lot better uh, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they got a lot to look forward to next year. Uh, Miles Sanders is it really came on to be. Uh, a, a kind of a, he's a burgeoning star at, at the running back position. He anytime he touches the ball, um, he had a he had a potential to to rip off 20, 25 yards, uh, if not more. He's a great receiver too, so I, I like him a lot next year. Uh, especially if they they kind of go more towards because the last again month or so of the season when they were playing well, they were sticking with him as the lead back, which they weren't doing the whole season. It was kind of a mix, so it was good to see him get the ball a lot. A good young player. He's a rookie. Uh, and he played really well. So, uh, you know, if they get some pieces back um, uh, with the receiving core, maybe add a piece of the receiving core, I think they'll they'll actually be a better team next year. And then, of course, the defense they need to address. What do you think about Carson Wentz, though? Uh, Any time that they've gotten to a position where they're in the playoffs, he's not there. He's he, he's a very injury prone player. Um, do he's played he played well and he he's he had some clutch moments but you also had to take th- those things into account i mean rg3 is is kind of an example of that too you know like he had a lot of great stats but the injuries he kind of overcame him um what what do you think about him and, and maybe the future with the eagles especially with his injury history i so if i'm it's hard but i i don't think that i think there's better health ahead for him um, and I think that this, so this latest one was a concussion on what really looks to me like a dirty hit. Um, so and he's had it, multiple concussions this year too. That's yeah, been an issue. The, the concussion stuff worries me a little bit. I, I would, I would consult with the doctors on whether or not that's a huge concern, but the guy when healthy, and I know when healthy is a big asterisk is he mm-hmm. dra- like he drug this team to wins this team completely. If this team had their week one roster all season, they probably would have won 12 games. And, and and the way that he played mm. down the stretch and drug them to the playoffs, and yes, Dallas kind of fell off at the end, but um, the fact that he was able to get them to the playoffs, and I can't name a single player on that offense, I, I think that, to me, is enough to say that he is he's a stud. And, you know, if that means they need to keep extra protection in for him, fine. Uh, if that means they need to have a better-than-average backup on their roster, fine. But I think he's one of those guys that really kind of puts a fire under an offense. And to me, I think for I think he is Philly's kind of franchise quarterback, and I expect them to treat him as such. Um, but I, I understand the concerns about injury because it's hard to win a playoff game without your starter. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. It's It's unfortunate luck for him. You know, you feel for the guy. You know, all he wanted to do was get back to this – get back to where he could start in a playoff game after that Super Bowl run that he wasn't a part of. Um, so hope I hope that better health is ahead. But I, I think if the Eagles take care of him 
and and really make a concerted effort to keep him on his feet, um, I think he's going to do some really special stuff in the next few years if they put the right team around him, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously they paid him a bunch of money, so you know he, he's going to be the quarterback. I, I guess I, I just don't – every time they've been in this position, he just hasn't been there. And mm-hmm. I think – and especially with concussions, that's going to be really tough. So – um, obviously, I don't want him to, to be hurt. I mean, he, he's, he's an exciting player. I think they still need a lot of help in certain areas with the Eagles. Um, you know, you look at – just in general, that team is very injury pro. And you have Alshon Jeffrey, who is – I don't think he's ever played a full season in the NFL. So mm-hmm. th- I think they need some help there uh, in the receiving core. They definitely need some help in the secondary. I still think they're a ways off to being a contender because um, they actually, through a good portion of the season, had – a majority of their pieces. I, I don't think they were a great team overall, especially they had a just real bad weakness in that secondary. That was always costing them games. I don't think they were ever really a contender, but there's still some pieces away from, from getting there. I think if you get a few pieces in there, they could be. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And again, I really like Miles Sanders. Uh, when, coming back to the Seahawks, though, mm-hmm. DK, DK Metcalf has been, talking about the last month or so, he has been a stud. He has been the star receiver that they drafted. Um, Tyler Lockett is, he had to be kind of like that guy. And he's a former first round pick too. Uh, He was that guy for the first eight, nine weeks of the season. But now that DK Metcalf is getting up to speed with the game, um, he's running routes really well. I mean, he's, he's always had great hands. Uh, He's always been a sure guy, but now he's, now they're letting him run, you know, (laughs) uh, deep routes and letting him go after it. So, uh, he's becoming that physical freak that they drafted, and that's great for the future of this team. Um, you know, we'll see how far they can get this year. Again, they, they've kind of taken a step down uh, a, a little bit in this last month or so, but um, the the running game is really what they're missing. Not having Chris Carson or even Rashad Penny is really, really a tough, tough break for them. Uh, Marshawn Lynch has played decently well, but he's not. He, he's a he's he's the the red zone guy. He's the goal line guy. You know, mm-hmm. he he's not really out there who you can he can, you can't rely on him for you know 30 carries 20 carries a game he's more of a 10 carry guy and that's going to be tough for them down the stretch especially with how much they rely on the running backs yeah lynch and and for folks in the know lynch was never going to come in and have 20 carries he's just not in that kind of shape like you couldn't yeah be. Um, yeah. but it, it's a great to have him out there but you're right they have a huge they've got a blank hole where their running yeah. back should be because they were a they were a top, I think they were like top two or three in terms of running percentage, uh, mm-hmm. maybe just behind the 49ers. And losing those guys, now you have to run Travis Homer and Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch. That's huge. That's a that's yeah. a big difference. Well, and, and it's going to be, this would be the ultimate, if Russell Wilson is able to get this team through the playoffs, that would be the ultimate like quarterback performance. Because they have, mm-hmm. there, there's no off, there's, there, it used to be that like, we'd be talking about how, oh, Russell Wilson won you the game in the clutch. You're not even getting to the clutch unless he's going to throw for 300 yards in each of these next two games because they're, they're not going to be able to run the ball. It's going to be really tough for them. Um, if anyone if anyone can step up to a challenge like this, I think it's Russell Wilson, but they've got a tall order ahead. It, I think, though, for the Seahawks to have, to have Metcalf sort of come onto the scene like he did this weekend is a big, is a big deal because team – uh, they're, they're going to go to Green Bay next. Uh, Green Bay is going to have to game plan for DK Metcalf. And that kind of thing, while, a, while it's relatively small in the scope of things, means slightly less pressure 
on Wilson, maybe slightly less pressure on Tyler Lockett, and they may get one or two more plays than they would have. The fact that we now, everyone in the world understands how much of a threat DK Metcalf is, is going to help them. But, you know, we'll see what this is for them going forward. But this is a team that has a 100% different identity, to, to your point, than they had mm-hmm. a month ago. It's insane. It's, it's going to be, I'm amazed that they won even this game. Um, because yeah. they had to change their entire – forget that they played against the Eagles. They had to change their entire game plan regardless of who they were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you this too. So up up into this point, I think there's been a pretty close race with Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, but I think DK Metcalf is putting his name into that that conversation now. If he goes – like let, let's say the, the Seahawks – let's say he goes for another 100 yards and, and whatever this week, and let's say they win and go you know go to the cha- NFC Championship game and, and he has another 100 yards. If he's on this unstoppable stretch, do you think he stamps his name as Offensive Rookie of the Year? It's it's hard because I never really know. I've never really known how um, how much they take the playoffs into account when they look mm-hmm. at those things. I, you know, like if um, like if Wilson wins convincingly this weekend, but Lamar Jackson loses, does Wilson get back in the MVP? I don't know. You know, I don't think uh, about that. So that just... maybe is a little different. But for for offensive rookie of the year, I think even just based on his. I th- just based on his his regular season stats, he deserves to be a part of that conversation. He finished with 900 yards receiving in his rookie year, mm-hmm. um, and he averaged. Uh, I just pulled this up: 15 and a half uh, catch er, yards per catch and seven touchdowns. Uh, that's enough to make him in the conversation. But th- some of those other guys, like um, uh, the running back from Oakland, um, Josh Jacobs, and I think Josh Kyler Jacobs. Murray has been the 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 lead so far. Yeah, I could see Kyler Murray. Jacobs kind of he had some injury stuff in the second half of the season, yeah. kind of fell off, and then Murray just didn't win. Um, was, I don't know if if the question is who's going to have the best career. I think Murray has. I think he's he's set himself up for that. But I think Metcalf is right there. So I, I would agree that it's at least he's at least made people go people who were who already had their thumb on the box to push Kyler Murray all of a sudden have to go. But wait, what about this other guy? And, and, and I think, though, talking about you, you mentioned like the the Russell Wilson versus Lamar Jackson like winning thing. I think it's it's different with Metcalf because it's numbers. The numbers mm-hmm. he's putting up now are like star receiver. Like he's going to be a guy people look at next year. If you're talking about fantasy, like a like one of those guys that's going to win you your team because he's not going to go too early but not too late because mm-hmm. he's going to end up being a star. I think this guy DK Metcalf is going to be a star receiver in the NFL, and that's the numbers he's putting up right now. Versus, like you know, the the MVP conversation is a little bit different. So, sure. Um, I don't know. I, I I. It's crazy because he's insanely physically gifted, and he's a he's he's scary looking. Like I was watching the game. Uh, we were doing the 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 regular Soco show, and I had the game on, and so there's no audio. But they they show, they you know he's having the crazy game he is having, and they t- showed a picture of him like in a Superman costume when he was like seven or eight years old doing like a flex thing, and then they zoomed it into like last weekend of, of an Instagram post of him after working out, and it would just look like someone had like put helium in him and just like blew him up as, <laughs> as big as they could. Like he is he is a fucking freak looking dude, and and it's translating to the field now. So I I don't know I, I it's hard not to for me to especially with how clutch he's been. Uh, for for me to like, if I were voting, I I think I'd put it on DK Metcalf. I don't think anyone would would fault you for that. I mean, we've not seen, you know, Rookie of the Year awards aside, we haven't seen a body like this on a on a NFL wide receiver I, there four or five times ever 
A guy that's mm-hmm. that big, that strong, and that fast, and with those hands, like Calvin Johnson comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And you've got a couple, maybe like a Julio Jones, but he's even a little thicker than Julio, I think. Um, there's not a lot of bodies in the NFL like this guy. Certainly not anymore. Uh, that wide receivers have kind of gotten <laughs> smaller. But he also runs a 4-3. Like, yeah. to, to weigh 230 pounds and run a 4-3 should be illegal. Um, <laughs> it should put this guy in jail. I think it's hilarious that he wears the baby um, pacifier mouthpiece. Have you seen this thing? <laughs> it's got a handle on the front of it. it looks like a pacifier it's hilarious yeah um he is a freak he's gonna fe- feature heavily i'm sure in next week's game and I, I i don't think it's a stretch to say he's um in the running at least for offensive rookie of the year i think that's apt um i love watching that fucking guy man it's it's mm-hmm. awesome let's see here so those are our four games those are our four games from this past weekend so we had uh, actually it was a, an even split between wild card teams uh, and division champs. So you had the Vikings and the Titans moving on, um, and then um, uh, in addition to them, the actually I take that back. Three three of the wild card teams out of four won: Seahawks and Vikings both in the NFC, and then the Titans in the AFC. So the Texans, the lone division champ, to get out of the uh, wild card round. So we go forward uh, and we start looking at next week. And we've got some pretty great matchups coming up in the division matchups. The, the final, the Elite Eight of the NFL are here. So let's get into those matchups and uh, preview, and we're going to pick some winners too. It's coming right for us! All right. Saturday, <laughs> bright and early is, uh, is your game. Actually, it's a 4 p.m. start for you. But yeah. the, the first game of the division round weekend has Seth's Minnesota Vikings traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. This is an awesome matchup. I think I think what you have here is two teams that do everything well. And we keep talking about these well-rounded teams making runs. I think San Francisco has all the smoke, all the hype, but I don't think the gap between these two teams is as big as someone, you know, as as media and headlines might have you think. Um, I'm excited for a really good matchup. Both teams run the ball well. Both teams defend well. I think who gets pressure on the opposing team's quarterback is going to be, as we just talked about this with Kirk Cousins, uh, Garoppolo can be vulnerable under pressure too. Uh, this is going to, I think this is strength on strength. And I don't, I don't know why. I just, that feeling, I think I think your Vikings are going to get through. I, I, no, I know, quit. You're a jinx. Stop I, it. I know you're not going to pick them, but I, I just got a feeling. I think I think Cousins has the juice right now, and I think he's going to go in and get a victory in San Francisco. <laughs> so you said that with the Packers game. They lost that one. And then every team you've picked has lost. So well, <laughs> that's fair. You should have told me not to pick them before I went to pick them. Or yeah, were you, pick, you're, just, you're just thinking I'd pick the Niners. Pick the Niners, please. <laughs> okay, I, I choose I choose the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I think so. A couple things that I didn't mention earlier too. One, one thing I really liked this past week seeing was um, Zimmer had really and th- they were getting so much pressure uh, with with just their front four, and it's because they were switching up where they were placing people. Um, I think Zimmer has saved some things for for the for the playoffs. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a really smart coach. Yeah, especially defense. I mean, defensively, he's he's a genius. So I, I'm hoping he's still saving some things and and uh, you know is is uh, gonna get creative ways for pressure. Um, and then Rhodes played really well, um, and he got banged up and played really well. That he got hurt, and then he came back in the next play and uh, had a crucial stop against Mike Thomas. So um, 
I, I hope that continues. The, the, that's the key, I think, here, is if the defense continues to play their, the way they're playing and getting turnovers. They have gotten turnovers like crazy over the last month and a half. So if they do that, I think they have a real good shot because uh, they've been able to stop the run pretty well, um, even just going back a, a few months. And uh, if, they, if they can continue with the pass defense as well, they got a good shot. Um, I, I, I can't even, I can't make a pick. I'm not going to make a pick. <laughs> That's right. I understand. I understand it. What that, what that says to me, and you don't have to confirm or deny this is that you feel really great about your Vikes, but there's no way in hell you're going to pick them. <laughs> I don't feel great. I feel, I mean, that, that game was encouraging, but I also just don't know how they're going to come out. So mm-hmm. great is not the term. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I have no idea. I do have to watch this one. So I have my family Christmas this weekend and oh. I, there's only one other Vikings fan that, uh, is in my family. And I don't know if they'll even be there. The rest are probably just gonna give me shit the entire time. Um, <laughs> so I, I, God, I hope they fucking win. I really do. <laughs> so I can rub it in their face and not have to deal with the, the shit. Otherwise though, I will be drinking a lot of beer during this game. So I like it. Yeah. It could be a long day for you or one of the best days ever. This is the game for me that like the fan bases are going to get fucking juiced for this game. So this is going to have all the, all the hype around it. I'm really excited to watch, just watch this game and you get guys, you know, know, you get like a George Kittle fucking beating his chest and screaming all over the field, which always gets me pumped up. I think this is going to be a brute, like a really hard fought strength on strength, like heavyweight fight. It's funny. I get to watch. So my dad has uh, my TV for, that I grew up watching uh, Vikings game on as a kid. So I get to watch a Vikings game on that TV again. So <laughs> oh, shit. hopefully it maybe brings a, a little bit of good luck on it. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's going to be special. That's going to be special. Uh, while Seth is celebrating a Vikings victory, the Titans <laughs> and Ravens will be kicking off in Baltimore. This is another game that, uh, again, I'll say the same exact thing. I think everyone... I think if you just read the headlines, you would go, oh, of course Baltimore is going to steamroll Tennessee. But in Tennessee, much like I just said about the Vikings, this is a team that can do everything pretty well. They're flexible. We've seen Tannehill have huge games. We've seen them rely on Derrick Henry. I think they need Derrick Henry to have a good game in this, and Tannehill will need to have a huge monster performance. I'm going to pick Baltimore. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know what the spreads would be. We're just picking winners this week. But I think this is going to be a close game that's going to come down to the end. I'm going to give Baltimore the slight edge, but I think this is going to be a really great game to watch. You know what I'm going to do, man? Oh, do it. Do it. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Seth's team to keep going. Oh, shit, I love it. <laughs> yes. Derrick Henry has 220 yards rushing in this game. Uh, A.J. A. Brown has, has a long touchdown. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has a, cu- a cup 200 yards. Uh, I think... <laughs> Like you said, I think this will be a close game, but uh, you know what? I'm going to say the Cinderella story continues with Tennessee. If the Vikings lose, uh, Tennessee will win. <laughs> there you go. I I will be rooting for this. Now, make no mistake, I, I'm picking Baltimore. I really want Tennessee to win this game. I think that would be awesome. Yeah. And it would blow open the entire rest of the playoffs because it seems like everyone has the Ravens and then everyone else. So if they go down here, that would be huge for the rest of the games. Uh, and I, I would love to see the... Tennessee Tannehills uh, go into Baltimore and get the upset. I, I, oh, I'd be so happy. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Let's go to Sunday. We have uh, the Chiefs making their playoff debut after sneaking into the number two spot and getting a home uh, a bye this past week. Uh, the Chiefs will host the Houston Texans coming off their win. Uh, this is the game that for me won't be close. Um, now Houston did win this game in the, in the regular season. Um, and so 
you know, they're they're capable of winning, but KC has gotten healthy. They've got everyone back. Their defense has gotten a lot better. Um, they've got T Sizzle in there uh, on the defense. I think KC is 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 healthy. They're rested. They're doing everything well. I think KC is getting ready to be a powerhouse in this playoffs, and I think Houston's just going to be their first victim. Based on what I saw, even when they were playing well last week, Buffalo was really exposing them, and I think KC is going to finish the job and, and take care of Houston here. I, I agree with you. I think that uh, when the Texans did play KC, uh, that was a, a much different Chiefs team. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a Chiefs team, like you said, was not healthy, and the defense wasn't playing like they are playing now. Uh, it's it's very impressive to see the turnaround they've made. So um, I I just have this feeling about KC this year. I I, I think we're gonna see them in the Super Bowl. Um, but I I I, uh, I I'm going to KC on this on this game as well. I just don't think the Texans have it. If uh, if you're right, then KC will host the Titans next week, which would be an amazing game to watch. Yeah. Um, if if otherwise it could be. Chiefs Ravens, which would be also fucking crazy. Anyway, there's gonna be a great matchup in the AFC Championship, regardless of how these games shake out. Unless the Texans make it. <laughs> Unless the Texans, yeah. Texans, can you please just lose? You're gonna hurt ratings. On it. it's gonna hurt ratings if the Texans get through. Um, we round out the weekend in Green Bay. Uh, it'll be a night game for the Packers. They're hosting the Seahawks, and these teams have had a storied history these past handful of years. Um, and I think that. I have a really hard time picking this game because I'm not a believer in the Packers. I haven't been all season. But the Seahawks team has not shown me special this last few mm-hmm. weeks. I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna pick Seattle. I'm gonna pick Seattle because I believe that much in Russell Wilson. Um I think that he's gonna find a way in this game. Um that said, they need to run the ball well or they will lose this game. Um mm-hmm. they need if whatever they got, if they need to you know, uh, have Marshawn Lynch eat some Skittles before the game and have 12 carries <laughs> or whatever they got to do. If they got to have DK Metcalf pumping up fucking dumbbells on the sideline, whatever it is they got to do, they got to keep themselves in it and give Russell Wilson a chance late. And I think they, I think they win a, a really great, like last play of the game, uh, win here. Uh, but this Packers team, uh, They've shown in spurts to to have some great stuff about them. They are the two seed. I mean, they had a great season in terms of wins and losses, but I just cannot get sold on this team as being a real threat. I don't know why. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the Packers here. Um, I just think that they the week off is probably going to be a, a good thing for them. Um, and, and it's Aaron Rodgers at home in the playoffs. I, I just think I have to give the edge to them. But – if the Vikings do get through the Niners and go to, to Green Bay in the NFC Championship game, I would love nothing more than the Vikings to end the Packers season uh. in the NFC Championship game. I I would have a week-long boner over that. That would be the best thing in the entire planet. If if that if that were to be the matchup, if it were to be Vikings-Packers, um, I would buy a Kirk Cousins jersey, and I would wear it for that. <laughs> Uh, you would never see me root harder for anything than I would root for that. Um, as much as I really I, don't want, I don't I, make no mistake. I don't want the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I emphatically want yes, them to do. not go to the Super Bowl because I've been lording over all of my Minnesota Vikings friends the fact that they don't have a championship for 28 years now, and I don't want <laughs> that to stop. But uh, I would love to see them beat the Packers to get there at the very least. Um, yeah, it it would it would it would make me so incredibly happy if that happened. Um, <laughs> And uh, 
And and it's funny because the the Viking Packers fans made a big deal about beating the Vikings twice this year. Um, that that it's it would be it'd be really tough to beat a, a team three times. So oh yeah, be a lot of fun. But the Vikings have to get there first, and the Packers have to win. Um, it just would make me so happy. It'd be a fun little revenge tour. Either way, if the Vikings were to get there and play the Seahawks again, it'd still be revenge because uh, of that Monday night game. But mm-hmm. um, I would again love nothing more in this world for NFC Championship game Vikings win in in Green Bay. <laughs> Uh, there are multiple different, there, uh, actually either way these games go, it could be a division matchup in the NFC championship, either with two NFC West teams or two Mm -hmm. NFC North teams. Um, and like you mentioned, it's really hard to play a team three times in a given year. Either of those matchups would be awesome. Uh, we have the stage set for a fantastic NFC championship as well as the AFC championship. Uh, it's going to be, going to be super fun to watch. So let us know, folks, uh, who your picks are for Division Weekend. Uh, we're, we can't do pick them anymore. ESPN doesn't do pick them in the playoffs. But um, you can tweet at us, at Soko Show Pod, um, or go to Facebook, at Soko Show Pod, um, and uh, send us some tweets. Let us know who your picks are. Uh, let us know why we're wrong about our picks. Um, let us know what you think is going to happen to Tom Brady. I don't know. Whatever you think. Uh, give us a shout-out and uh, chat sports with us on the socials. Um, maybe, maybe you don't care about any of these teams. Maybe you just want to make a few bucks. And the best way to do that is going to be with daily fantasy. As long as you're using Seth's picks. Here we go. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, Seth. Uh, DFS sounds like you've, you've gotten, uh, you made another few shekels this past weekend on some pretty solid picks. Uh, so uh, what, what are you going to, what are you going to have for the folks this week? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was scheduled to win a lot more money than I, Ended up winning, but uh, I still said still made some money, so that was good. Um, this upcoming week, what I what I'm looking at for DFS, um, we talked about DK Metcalf and the way he's been playing right now. It's hard not to have him in your lineup, so I have him with a stack with Russell Wilson. Uh, not not too bad. Like they're not not the most expensive options at either position. Russell Wilson sixty six hundred dollars on DraftKings. DK Metcalf, $6,800. I tend to go a little bit cheaper with the running backs, too. Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry would be a great great play, but he's he's the most expensive running back. So I went with Damian Williams, who had a good game uh, his last week of the season. He's at $6,000. And then Carlos Hyde, uh, the the one thing Casey has not done super well lately is uh, defend the run. So I think Carlos Hyde could have a good game. Uh, He's only $5,000 in DraftKings. Uh, My other two wide receivers, I had Adam Thielen, you know, San Francisco does have a great pass defense, but uh, I think they're going to go a lot to Thielen because he's so reliable. Um, so he's $6,200. And then Tyreek Hill, uh, he, he's the most expensive uh, wide receiver at $7,600. I just think they're going to go to him a lot. And Houston's pass defense kind of sucks. Um, tight end, I went cheaper. I went with more with a value pick. I did the same thing last week, and it helped me out. Uh, Darren Fells at $3,500 uh, for, mm-hmm. for, for the uh, Texans. Again, uh, Casey doesn't have a great uh, defense against tight ends as well, so I think Darren Fells will have a good game. And then I mentioned it earlier, A.J. Brown, I think he's kind of going to have a big touchdown. He's my flex uh, at $6,000. So uh, those are the picks that I like for DFS this week. This week. I'll- I love your wideouts because both of them could have a stat line that's two catches, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be uh, pretty cool. And I think there's going to be some big plays in both of those games. Um, so we'll see. Uh, DraftKings is where Seth is getting his prices from. If you want to make some bucks, uh, go ahead and use Seth's picks this weekend if you're able. Here comes the money. 
Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. All right, folks. We are just about out of here, and we'll get you off to your weekend of football. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, Seth. Well, for, for teams that aren't in the playoffs, I know you don't know the feeling. Um, for teams that aren't in the playoffs, uh, decisions are having to be made about coaching staffs and players already. And I'm sad to report my team, the LA Rams, uh, my my main team, I should say, um, uh, they had to let go their defensive coordinator, Wade Phillips. Um, Whitey Duvall. No. Whitey Duvall. He looks like a big-ass Whitey Duvall. <laughs> Uh, Wade Phillips is a legend of the game. He's he's been in the league for like f- fucking fifty five years or something like that. Um, son of the legendary um, uh, Bum Phillips, who was a, a big old time coach. Um, Phillips was three years with the Rams. They had kind of some up and down years, but he did have uh, two Defensive Player of the Year uh, wins with Aaron Donald, and then Aaron Donald is going to be a finalist for D- Defensive Player of the Year again this season. Um, and they, they were a little up and down this season, very inconsistent. The thing, and I like Wade Phillips, the reason he had to go, and I think this is the right move for the Rams, is you can't give up 40 points in four games. You, you just can't. And mm-hmm. that's what they did, and those games turned into losses, and those losses turned into them missing the playoffs. And there's, there's a lot of things to figure out with Gurley in the offense and uh, some personnel decisions to make in the defense, but this, this, this made sense. And I think if you're the Rams, you have a very attractive defensive coordinator job uh, to potentially bring in someone who's very capable. Um, they're probably going to end up uh, promoting either from within or you know from without the organization a position coach. It, it's it's not super common for defensive coordinators to just switch teams and not go to a head coaching position. But um, I think they're going to get a really good candidate in there, and I'm excited to see what they do defensively. But uh, Wade Phillips meant has meant a lot to that Rams team, and so I, I just bid him a, a kind adieu. Uh, I think one of the things he did was he gave them kind of that coaching staff, which on the other side of it has 33 year old Sean McVay, um, you know, some experience, some gravitas that was much needed. So I expect them to go older again with the defensive coordinator. Um, but we'll see. But a, a really good years for Wade Phillips, just what the Rams needed at the right time. And uh, sad to see him go, but it's time for something new in L.A. So I hope – and Phillips says he wants to continue to coach. Uh, there's early speculation that Dallas is going to swing in and, and grab him up. Uh, I wouldn't hate that hire. But, um, That's a reunion back to, yeah. to Dallas then, huh? Yep. So we'll see what happens to Phillips and to the Rams. But, um, you know, uh, peace out, Wade, I guess is the final message. Well, if if all this fails, he can probably go retire and live in Florida. <laughs> um, we didn't get a chance because we missed some weeks, obviously, towards the end of the season. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this. But uh, towards the end of the season, or at at the end of the season, Adrian Peterson uh, had had moved up on on some of the lists for rushing. So wanted to give a shout out to him because he had, he sneakily had a good good season. Um, I think he had over a thousand yards and and played very very well. Uh, again, for the Redskins, I don't know if we'll get a chance to play again next year because I know they have Darius Geis and there's been talk about them drafting a running back. So I don't know if and I haven't heard if he's going to play again or wants to play again uh, with another team or what what have you. So uh, he still played really well. I got to watch him a few times this year and he's still, you know, minus just a couple of like, you, you know, a couple things here and there with like, you know, some speed. He still has a lot of pep in his step and he's still playing really well. So he he went to number five all time. Um with with uh, rushing yards, 
Uh, he's about a thousand, he's a little less than a thousand behind Barry Sanders for number four. Um, and uh, Frank Gore, I don't know if he's going to play again next season, but he's uh, only about 1,100 yards behind Frank Gore. So, you know, if, if Peterson were to play on a team and, and have an opportunity, and if Frank Gore doesn't play, maybe he's a chance to, to get up to uh, number three next year. And then rushing touchdowns, he got moved up to number four. Um, he uh, passed Walter Payton uh, he, by one touchdown at the end of the season. So <laughs> it's going to be tough, I think, for him to get to number three. Uh, Marcus Allen has 123. Peterson has 111. So that probably won't be reachable. But he has a potential to get to number four or three with rushing yards if he plays some more. He's also mentioned in the past that he wants to sign, a, you know, when he retires, a, a one-day contract with the Vikings because that's where he spent most of his time. So I always, I just still love watching him play. He's still playing like he, you know, he's still playing fearless. He's still going out there, and he, and he has still has a lot of flashes of, of what he what he's been. So uh, he's a freak, and uh, you know, I again love watching it. So congrats to Peterson. Yeah, that's I, I love uh, these old ass running backs, dude. It makes me smile every time I see them get anything. Um, I was just while you were talking, I, I pulled up the running back rankings, um, and some of this shit is crazy. Like, Derrick Henry finished first with 1,540 yards. Did you know Joe Mixon finished with 1,100 yards? Yeah, he, he came on strong at the end of the season. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I had him on my fantasy team and dumped his ass because he was terrible for like seven weeks, and then he <laughs> crushed ass for the whole rest of the year. Um, so... Let's see here. Adrian Peterson finished with 898 rushing yards. Okay, this not a thousand. Uh, so he he did get close, but a, a really good season, especially at his age. Um, he, and he averaged did, and uh, he did he didn't start every game either. Darius Ge- Darius Geis played the first couple of games until he got hurt. Right. Yeah. So he finished with only um, 211 carries. So his average was 3.7, um, but not as many carries. Like um, for example, Derrick Henry had 300 carries. So. Mm-hmm. Um, like four or five more games worth of carries. Here are some people who had less rushing yards this year than Adrian Peterson. Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, um, Melvin Gordon, who sat a bunch of games. But some of these some of these young studs who were supposed to be young stud, like workhorse running backs, uh, Adrian Peterson's still out working them. So... Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty cool to see him still in the mix. Uh, I think I should play as long as I fucking want to, as long as they're healthy. So yep. uh, I hope he still keeps dragging his ass out there and, and climbing the ranks. I think it's cool to see. Now, personally, yep. I think he's kind of a piece of shit guy, but yeah. uh, I, I like him and Frank Gore. I fucking love keeping track of those two guys. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, like lock, the locker rooms love him. I mean, the, the, the Redskins were – I know a lot of the players were um, – there, there was talk of like when Geis came back about Peterson getting benched and uh, the locker room was like, no, you better not fucking do that because Peterson's our guy and stuff. So uh, I think he's kind of changed a little bit of his reputation over the last few years, especially as he's gotten older. And, you know, I, I know a lot of the stuff he did and it's it's shitty what he did. Uh, but, you know, a lot of guys are dumb and young, too, <laughs> you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people learn and, and grow from it, too. So yep. um, I, I hear a lot of good. They, anytime they talk about him, I hear a lot of good things from the locker room and stuff. So. You know, I, who knows? Maybe he did change a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Great to see. At the very least, he's out of the news and just just, just doing running. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the stat line for Derrick Henry is stupid. I don't know if you've looked mm-hmm. at this. He averaged 103 yards per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he averaged also 20 carries per game, which is unheard of now. And he rushed 300 times. So he, he had more rushes and more yards and a higher average than everybody. Um. Averaged 5.08 yards per carry. It, his season was incredible. Holy shit. It's 16 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, man. Anyway, Derrick Henry's special, but we're talking about Adrian Peterson. Uh, 
Peterson, it's all about old guys today. Peterson's still doing it. Wade Phillips got to find a new place to do it. Uh, both guys we like for one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's the end of the SoCo Sports Show for your wild card and division rounds. Uh, we will be back next week to c- recap the division matchups and set up the NFC and AFC championship games, which I'm crazy excited for. Um, like I said, however it shakes out, we're going to have some great matchups next week. Um, again, apologies for the impromptu missed episode last week, but we are our tech is back up and running, and uh, we are burning all cylinders. I don't know, running on all cylinders. Whatever you do with cylinders, we're doing that with all of them. Um, anyway, that's it. Make sure you check out our sponsors. <laughs> Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening. And uh, yeah, all that fun stuff. So um, anyways, he's the solo host, Seth Ott. I'm the co-host, Cody Michael. And we will see you next week. Bye. <laughs> 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 And boom goes the dynamite.